The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for being with us yet again here on the program Afternoons with Mike, heard every day on the Shepherd Radio Network. It is my privilege today to have in our studio, first time since the COVID days, yeah. Tammy Fisher leads a, a wonderful ministry called Inside Out Jail Ministry. And this has been going on for years. We want to get Tammy's full story this morning. And in case you haven't met her, I was privileged to be with her at a banquet uh, about a year and a half ago, I think it was, or something like that. Before COVID. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. And that was Pat Williams uh, was the speaker yes. for that. And uh, it was a wonderful night. So Tammy, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be back again. You know, I know what you mean now when you say before COVID, it was before the impact of uh, COVID having on all of the hotels and all of the venues for meetings, because you do have a, an upcoming banquet again. We and, do. And is this the first one in a couple of years? We've had some small ones during the session, we'll say. Yeah, <laughs> through right. Through the years. Uh, so we actually, God blessed us to continue to do our ministries, even though through COVID. And we still press on and do what we do. So we're having our next banquet September 22nd at University Caroline Church in Oviedo. And we're advertising that here on The Shepherd. And, and that's going to be a great night. Uh, I look forward to being there again and being with you. Uh, tell us, first of all, your story. How is it that you got into leading Inside Out? Well, I think it began when I told God no. I did not. Oh, that <laughs> happens sometimes. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, be very careful when you say no to God because yeah. he has other plans. God, you've got the wrong person. You do. You no, do. he doesn't either. <laughs> so it just comes to work out that I uh, was invited to go into jail and see what it was like. And I went with my arm twisted saying, no, no, no. And this wasn't by a judge or you weren't in trouble. No, I wasn't in trouble. I was going in with my church. Uh, I'm just kidding. That was okay. Probably should have a couple times, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I got uh, got in there and it's like, wow, this feels right. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't anxious or anything. Just got in there and I was just me and met the guys where they were, and God put it on my uh, heart and my mind of what to say, and it just came out, and I just connected. Was this a local jail to Central Florida? The Orange County Jail. Orange County, yeah, Mm -hmm. right in Orlando. Orange County, and went in there with my church, and it was like a match made in heaven. So when you go in with a church like that, what is the goal for that night when you went in? What was it that you were wanting to accomplish? We were going in to do like a Bible study and we had a team of about, I'd like to say about six or seven of us that went in to one of the dorms and we just talked to the guys, had a Bible study and had some prayer time afterwards. So you found that to be an open experience, something that you felt completely safe, obviously, because you wanted to do this again. I think some people's experiences might have been really affected by their maybe apprehensions or fears going into the event. But I know personally of the, all the times that I've been in, not once have I ever felt any concern of for safety or anything. Not like being that. forced in. Yeah. Not being forced <laughs> in. Yeah. And, you know, and so it, it is an odd thing. And I've talked about this on this program before, when you go in and you're visiting a jail to do ministry or you walk in a prison gate like I've done before, I've gone in there for doing everything from leading worship mm-hmm. uh, and doing, uh, you know, speaking at a uh, chaplain service mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, to playing softball. There was a time frame that I was on wow. a, I was uh, back when I was able to play softball, <laughs> uh, I, I would travel around and we'd play some of the inmates. And that was a wild experience right there. I can only imagine that. The competitiveness and, uh, you know, what is is it's it's just like a mind-numbing 
reality when you're in there. But I do say this often. I remember the first time I was ever inside of a jail or a prison, and I heard that iron gate lock behind me. Mm-hmm. And it it made an impact. I've never it, that one was a jail, mm-hmm. and it was it was up in Indiana, and I was there that day to to shoot some video because our open of our program that I was producing needed a jail door shutting, so I I was on the inside, wow. and I was taping, and that thing shut, and that gave me both a visual and an oral. Uh, memory that I've just never forgotten. And you realize that's what it feels like to be incarcerated. You hear the clink and you're there. You're not going outside. You're not free to go outside. Mm -mm. And the people that you minister to are in that scenario every day. Correct. Every day. Some of them, maybe for the rest of their life, if you're doing prison ministry like that. Yes. Yeah. So, but you went in and you were having Bible studies and the Lord tapped you. Did he tap you that night or was it later? He tapped me to start breaking my heart open, the barrier that I put that I said, no, I'll never do that. And he provided a way that uh, from another friend when I told her, I'm thinking about going into jail ministries. And I was highly expecting her to say, no, nah, get out. Yeah, uh, but come she, on. Yeah, but she said, really? My best friend just started being a chaplain there, and she's looking for volunteers. And so that started the process. The I got in touch God. with her. Yeah. Yes, got in touch with her, started going in and passing out Bibles and books and reading glasses, doing some Bible studies and praying with the ladies. Mm-hmm. And that was fulfilling. It was, it was. And one of one day... One of the ladies asked me if I would help her find a program, a residential program, because she had a drug addiction. And so I went back to my office to see if I had any resources for that to help her. And I had to come back and tell her, I'm sorry that we don't have those type of resources. And it really ignited me. That's truly when God touched my shoulder and said, Mm -hmm. oh, but there is something that you can do and you can start bridging the gap from the inside out. And that was the birthing of Inside Out Jail Ministries. And there's the name of the ministry, Inside Out Jail Ministry. Let's look back over the shoulder a few more years. How did you come to know the Lord in the beginning? Oh, goodness. That goes back to when I was 33 years old. So if I was to say, we'll say a few decades ago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I didn't grow up in church. I actually knew Jesus from Jesus movies on TV and Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments. So that was kind of my church. But I came to know Christ through a series of downfalls in my own life Mm -hmm. uh, and was a victim of circumstances and a victim of some crime. And I was on a very tough path with unforgiveness Mm -hmm. and had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. And that's why when God called me into jail ministries, I said, no, I would never go into a place like that because I had such unforgiveness on my heart that I couldn't forgive those that had hurt me in the past. So that's how it came to be. And as God was working on my heart and breaking through and I was able to forgive, that's when I found Christ as my savior, when I was able to let go a lot of that junk and yeah, started going to church. And uh, one of the pastors asked me if uh, I would accept Christ as my savior. And I said, yes. Wow. Now unforgiveness, let's talk about that for a moment because that is a topic all to itself. And we could do a number of shows just on that one topic, but the, the power, I think almost everyone who's been hurt, needs to be able to extend that unforgiveness toward whoever hurt them. But that's easier said than done. And they, if, if they've not got a hold of the truth, if they have not encountered the grace of God, if they've not encountered the, the forgiveness of Jesus directly, it, it's probably well said to say it's nigh on to impossible to forgive somebody when they have truly hurt you. you know, mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have a friend whose mother was brutally killed in a robbery. And that was a a horrible, horrible situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was awful. I, I was 
uh, honored to be able to do the funeral for that one. But the person who had done this heinous crime had also killed another lady. And so when he was being convicted of the one, it was actually like almost uh, both families who who were all, uh, it was kind of all wrapped in some way together. And I'm not even sure how all of that happened, but both families talked when they had their family meeting, talked Mm -hmm. to this guy who was being convicted of both of these murders. And one family was not able to forgive him. In fact, they, they said some pretty rough things to him in that meeting. But my friend looked at him and said, I forgive you. And imagining the power, the grace of God that extended to her to be able to say, I forgive you for killing my mom. That takes a work of God. Yes, it does. And we all realize as we're watching it, we're witnessing something that is supernatural. So forgiveness, that's the point here that I'm making. Forgiveness in itself is a supernatural thing. Correct. And that actually is a basis of our ministry. Uh, We have classes and that's a big piece that we talk about is forgiveness. Uh, God or how God forgives forgiveness to others and forgiveness of self. And a lot of the uh, men and women that we talk to in jail have a real heaviness of things that they've done and regret. And how do they, a lot of times they'll keep going around the same mountain because of unforgiveness. It keeps them, keep, keeps, keeps them, them in bondage. Up. Yeah. Yes. Bound up. Yeah. <clears throat> So we help to bridge some of that gap as well. But that is a huge topic that we do really focus on is unforgiveness issues and to help them release from some of that bondage. Now, sometimes we hear, and it's often coming over in almost trite ways, you need to forgive yourself. It's it's almost like, uh, how can I say this? It's It's almost like we're... Uh, kind of patronizing ourselves a little bit in some, the way I've heard that before. But the truth is there's a powerful realization that we do need to release and trust God for the ability to get past a scenario when he looks at us and forgives us, yet we hold on to stuff, uh, anger at ourselves or disappointment in ourselves or anger at other people because they put us in that scenario all of those things, they are as much of a bondage maker as those jail bars are, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when they can break through, let go and let God heal from the inside out, that's when true change is going to happen. That's when the person starts uh, being healthier and our families, the, their families become healthier, and even the community becomes healthier mm-hmm. because of that letting go and let God handle that junk that's on the mm-hmm. inside. There's a lot of brokenness uh, that is associated inside behind bars, a yeah. lot of brokenness, and it has to be healed in order for them to, to go forward. Now, I want to stay with this for a moment because tying two things that we've talked about, that and secondly, COVID, there's a lot of people who are still ticked at this whole COVID scenario who <laughs> who either lost family members yes. or maybe lost jobs because they didn't want to get the vaccine. There's There's so many things out there right now. And now in this day, we're hearing again talk of return to some of our protocols and masks and all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it's uh, in some people that I've talked with, Mm -hmm. it's bringing up some really, really bad stuff, uh, memories of what just a couple of years ago now and how affecting all that was. But for someone, Tammy, who has been battling with this scenario of being locked away with unforgiveness, what encouragement would you bring from your own life? What you did, what were some of the steps that you took that got you out of that initial, let's say, the snare of unforgiveness? I believe part of the process is understanding it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a duration of time. It's even a group of people helping you through that process. It's taking the time to stay in your word, to pray, to understand I remember one night I actually took a piece of paper and I was so broken at this point 
I took a piece of paper and I would write, I'm left-handed, so I would write with my left hand a question that I had for God. Why did you let this happen? Why this? Why, you know, that? And I would stop and meditate on it and I'd put the pencil in my other hand and rather sense what he was saying and write out his response to me. With your right hand? With my right hand. Oh, that's great. And I did that all night. I mean, I started at about 11.30 and I wrapped up about 7.30 the next morning. Through the entire night, I did oh, this process. Goodness. And by the morning, when I went into it, I was just a bundle of tied up emotions, you might say. At the end of it, I felt so free mm. that I turned my tunes on and I was just singing and my mom came over and she said, what's happened to you? Because this was not you yesterday. And I told her that uh, I had a conversation with God and he said it was going to be okay. And I believe him. Wow. And that was the start of my process to start letting go and let God handle those things. You know, and that reminds me of Jacob in the Bible where he wrestled with the angel overnight. Mm. And throughout the night, this battle is going on. But by the light of day, uh, something wonderful had changed. Mm -hmm. He had changed. Yes. And he got the answer just the same way you did. Yeah. So sometimes uh, amazing things, amazing deliverances, amazing changes can be brought about mm -hmm. if you stay up in the wee hours and through the night watches and you do Amen. the battle, do the struggle. Amen. Yes, you do have to go to through the struggle. And that is that is part of the healing is going through the struggle. Wow. I pray for all of you out there who are might be hearing this and you might find yourself kind of locked away, just like what Tammy has talked about in unforgiveness. There are things that have happened that other people brought you had no control over, but they had a big impact on your life. And it is so important that you hear this word about taking it to God. And if necessary, spend the time during the night, stay up, get an answer, become free. It is possible. And that's one of the things I love about your ministry. I love that about you, Tammy, is that you believe that these changes, the biggest and best changes aren't from without. They happen from within. Yeah. They start on the inside. And, and that's where God touches us. You know, man looks on the outside, the Bible says, mm -hmm. but God looks at the heart yes. and he goes straight to the inside. Mm -hmm. And that's where the best work is done. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Uh, I love that. That's quite a, a a picture for all of us. And I'm so grateful that the, the Lord set you free. Thank you. To do what you're doing, because I would never have known that story. And that's the beautiful thing is he who the son sets free is, is free, free indeed. indeed. And you have been free. I mean, mm -hmm. there's always a big smile, uh, like a, a Texas size uh, a 10 gallon hat smile on your face. And, and I would never have known that story if you hadn't shared it. Tammy Fisher from Inside Out Jail Ministries. She's my guest. We'll be back with Tammy in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study an evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guest today is Tammy Fisher from Inside Out Jail Ministries. And Tammy has given us in the, our, the first part of our program a wonderful picture of how God set her free from unforgiveness. He not only set her free for her, but he set her free. And this is true of God. There's always a, another person to reach. There, it's not just for 
our benefit. Nothing that happens in the kingdom of God, really. He, and Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, freely you have received, and then these two words, freely give. Yeah. And that's something that uh, anyone who does a nonprofit, you have to embrace that concept. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what you're called to do. I yes. mean, you're, you're leading a ministry and you're reaching people that are, you know, some would say, well, we all know the joke. It's a captive audience. And <laughs> truly, they are captive. I'm not trying to minimize that. But you have their full attention. And I know many times there have been many people whose lives have been radically changed, not just while they were in prison. Mm-hmm. I think of Chuck Colson. Oh, yes. And there's a life right there who God redeemed him while he was in uh, in incarceration. Yes. And the things that happened to him afterwards. And then uh, we heard recently the story of Mark Whitaker, who was uh, a man that was put away for years and years uh, and really could have spent much of his life behind bars. But God came to him through Chuck Colson. Mm-hmm. And here is Chuck Colson giving back, uh, kind of uh, now bringing encouragement to another person the same way that God had encouraged him. Mm-hmm. So that that really is the heart and soul of what you do, right? Yes, uh, in fact, at our banquet, we're going to have a panel of three folks, and one of the one of them, uh, one of the ladies that went through our program back in 2018, uh, is going to talk about her experience and what was happened. She was a human traffic victim, and so her struggle through her journey and how we were able to help intervene wow. in her life and be able to get her to a program that could continue that that process outside because it is a process it, yeah. it's a duration and uh now she is actually giving back as a manager in a residential program wow. to help other ladies that's really wonderful yes so and then we have a gentleman that was on a different uh, different situation, you might say, because there's all types of uh, folks that's inside, whether it be uh, white collar or addictions, uh, whatever is driven, uh, dr- addictions drive you into, mm-hmm. such as theft or burglary mm-hmm. or something like that, or worse. But uh, he's coming from a, a different frame of showing, and I just spoke to him the other day, and he said, you know, because of the encouragement that was given through ISO, oh, I abbreviate Inside Out Jail Ministries mm-hmm. through ISO, but because of the encouragement that he got from our volunteers that, was, that were coming in and just ignited, reignited in him, because he grew up in church, it reignited his faith to be be able to continue. And although he did go into prison, we stayed in contact through pen palling and, and stuff like that. He now lives in North Carolina, a very, very good job, but he'll be flying down from North Carolina to be on our panel to oh, share his story. Oh, that's incredible. And he now um, is on the board of Young Life, which is a mentoring yeah, program sure. for, for young, young yeah. uh, uh, middle age. Right. Uh, Students and students. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Young Life does wonderful ministry. Yes. And and how cool is that? Now we're talking about all these ministry things. We've all gone through this little pandemic thing that has happened to us in our life. And like we said, there are many people. There are some naysayers out there that says, "Hey, it's coming back. It's coming back." You know, uh, we're hoping it doesn't, and we're hoping that we're not going to have to. Uh, be those uh, that stand up against some of these protocols, but it did make a big impact on just about every level of human life. And especially, I know that there were some out uh, outages in uh, the ability to serve some prisons and jails yes. uh, because of the COVID restrictions, because like nursing homes, where they wouldn't even let someone who's a family member come see their the residents of that home, oh, what happened in New York was horrible. Yes. But here in, you know, in Florida even, uh, some of the prisons, some of the jails stopped all visitation. Yes. So how did that impact ISO? 
Oh, it did definitely impact us. And by God's grace, uh, I'm a chaplain in, in the Orange County Jail, uh, one of the chaplains. And uh, I was allowed to continue to come in. Uh, our volunteers were not. So it was very limited who could come in uh-huh. and continue to do a few things. Now, so chaplain status left you uh, able to go in. Yes, yes. And we were able to continue to pass out books and Bibles. We had to do it a different way because we couldn't have contact. So there were certain things that we could continue to try to do the best we can or could. And that actually opened the doors for me to look at our ministry. What can we do different to continue to help those that's inside? Now you guys had to pivot as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what that brought about, we do classes inside, and obviously all classes stopped. So mm-hmm. created written curriculum to be able to pass out for the, the men and women to at least be able to do that. Uh, and continue. what our classes do is help prepare somebody for transition. So the ones we're working with are going back into the community sometime. At mm-hmm. some point, at some point, they're going back into the community. Yeah. So what we do is help them be aware and prepare for out there is kind of our motto. Yeah. And so our written, we put together our written curriculum to pass out so they could continue to get ready and prepare for out there through written curriculum. So I know you get to see this firsthand. What is so difficult? What makes it so difficult from your perspective for someone who's been on the inside They've been in jail maybe for a couple of years, maybe longer, and then they're going to get released. So often we hear about the problems they have once they're out on their own, and so many, sadly, end right back up in the the jail. Why is that from your perspective? Statistically, yes. Uh, Most that re-enter their community will be back in within, the most critical is the first 24 hours because they're not prepared, they're not ready. Uh, And we actually give them a 24, 72 hour plan so that they can write down. I'm a big advocate of writing things down. Yeah, right. And so write down what their plan is. So when somebody comes up, oh, hey, you don't have anywhere to go, I got a place for you. And what is that saying, people, places, things? So helping them to understand who are the negative people, places, and things so they can make choices for positive people, places, and things and get the resources before they get out. Those that's ready to go into residential treatment programs to get them prepared and connected and on the way from when they get out to the program. So there's no stopping at go to collect $200. Mm-hmm. It's straight to the program to get the continued help that they need to get. Mm. That's part of the the challenge is not being prepared for their reentry. So helping to prepare for that reentry what they and is is a, a big deterrent for them not to recidivate or come back again. Mm -hmm. Now your name, so it not only means inside out from the change that God makes on the inside of us, but it also reapplies to the inside sense of being in the jail and you're getting ready to go out of jail back into society again. And that transition, like you said, it it is difficult for a lot of people. I, I wonder how much of this is because so many things have been done for them without them even having to think about it. It's provided for them. Even their meals are provided for them. And I've heard some convicts say, yeah, it was easier for me when I was in pen. Oh, absolutely. In the pen. The hard work starts when they're out. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, that's where our classes that we give inside really help them understand their own personal decisions and how to carry out their own personal decisions. Nobody else is going to do it for them. They have to do it. And I think that's what's going to be so cool about the 22nd when you have this event. And we'll talk more about the event in just a little bit. But on that night, you've got some people that successfully made that transition from the inside out. And and that's why I love, again, your name so much, because it's a double entendre. It, It does refer to the work that the Lord does on the inside of us. 
but it also is applying to people who are coming out and returning into gainful, hopefully gainful employment. Now, some people, and for some crimes, employment is also a difficulty once they get on the outside. Oh, absolutely. It's a difficulty. And again, they have to be ready for it. And that's what we're really focused on is making sure that they're ready for that transition and ready for the outside. Uh, Because we could obviously put them into a job, but if they're not ready for it or they still have some type of addiction issues or unforgiveness issues, they're going to go right back around that same mountain again and come right back into jail. One of the things you mentioned earlier, uh, and I think the, the lady that's coming to talk next uh in the next couple of weeks for your banquet you mentioned human trafficking sex trafficking this is something that we hear more today than probably we ever have in our life although it's not a new thing but it is a an old thing with some new emphasis and some tragic realities that are finally hitting the eyes and the heart i think of the movie sound of freedom that was recently out drawing attention to this heinous crime of of capturing young people, sometimes children, mm-hmm. and then, but it's not just children. Sometimes parents turn their own teens into uh, the, this monstrous business of of sex trafficking. Yes. And that is one of those things that it's difficult for them to get past, right? Absolutely. And that takes a lot of work from the inside um, yeah. to heal from those situations and to again, work on that forgiveness issue of those that have hurt and then just their mindset that they caused it and the shame from it Mm -hmm. and getting out of that because it becomes a cycle. And that's what to put a a break on that cycle so it doesn't continue because it does get into drugs and how do you take care of getting the drugs that you need to numb the pain that you're feeling and so you do yeah. you know, go back to what yeah. know what to do yeah. in order to get the money to get the drugs that you need to keep going to numb the pain. Yeah, it's so sad to see the people that are in that cycle. It is a downward spiral. Yes. And yet it can be, and by the grace of God, I've had an opportunity to talk to several women who have come up out of that. Yes. And God has set them free and given mm-hmm. them a, a new life, and it's wonderful to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm grateful for it. Now, these classes that were canceled because of COVID, uh, obviously some of them at least have re- renewed and they're they're back again, right? Yes, we are in full strength. Uh, we are doing our classes on both the men's and the women's side. And uh, we actually started doing a new dorm of men and they are just enjoying the class. Uh, in our classes, we're talking about uh, temptations. We're talking about uh, how to submit to authority. Again, the personal decisions, how to make your own personal decisions, anger management, integrity. So these are some of the type of classes that we're having, and we're in full swing. Now, you mentioned when you went into this ministry feeling like at home and all that, is that feeling of being at home there when you're standing talking to a bunch of men that are incarcerated and you're talking about things like that? How does that, how does that come over to you? How does it come over to them? As a nonprofit person, we look, we have to look at things in measurables. Mm -hmm. When I'm standing with a group of guys, knowing what I've gone through and I can stand at them and talk with them as you and I are talking with and have no anxiety. Wow. That's that's my measurable that God has done something here because I feel no anxiety toward them. Uh, I want to be able to help no matter what they've done. Mm -hmm. So when you look at their faces, when you're sharing these things, obviously I'm catching that emotion that's in your heart as you reflect on those moments. And I'm grateful that God's given you that freedom from anxiety, Mm -hmm. that freedom to be able to share what you know is the truth. And that's the beautiful thing about what what you're doing. You are giving them truth. Mm -hmm. What do you see happen in their faces? Because I'm not judging them 
in what they've done and just wanting to help, they are truly open and appreciative of what we do and coming in. I call it a ministry of presence even. And they see us running around and it helps them uh, from what the guys have told me, it helps them to kind of draw down and say, okay, everything's going to be okay. And there's movement. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, with the smile on my face, I smile in jail. <laughs> so right. it's a, it's a happy face coming across whether I actually talk to them or not. I'm waving a hand saying hi and just acknowledge them as a person. Wow, that's so great. And I can only imagine the encouragement that you bring hearts when you are talking about hope and the stories that you share about your own life of being freed from things that were done against you, the forgiveness that you were able to extend out. That's an inspiration to people who need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And our volunteers that go inside as well, they uh, obviously have some stuff as well. And God has brought them through it and they can share the same way and they're open and helping. Our volunteers are amazing. They really are. That's a beautiful thing about a, a nonprofit that is um, you're there, you're doing it. You're not getting rich doing this. That's not the purpose nope. for it. You're doing this because you care. Yes. And I think that comes over to these that are inside the jails, inside the prisons. It, it comes over as being this is a genuine person who is sincere and they're only here for one purpose, and that is to bring the best news that could ever be received Yes, by anyone. Yes, I had one gentleman I was talking to and doing type of a case management questionnaire with him and just asking questions, having conversation, and he said, stop just a minute. And I said, okay. And he said, why are you doing this? Why are you here helping mm. us? And I said, because the Lord put it on my heart to do that. Um, this is how he has me serving. And he said, even if nothing else happens and you're not able to help me get into a program, thank you for being here. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for just your encouragement. Just, just for the moment. Thank mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Tammy Fisher from Inside Out Jail Ministries, uh, an event coming up. How can people read about this? What's your website? Our website is www.isojm for Inside Out Jail Ministries org. Easy. Easy, easy. Uh, there's a go to events and you'll see it right on the top and can click reserve your spot here and uh, love to see you. And we'll be back with Tammy Fisher in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Inside Out Jail Ministries, led by Tammy Fisher, who is here. I met Tammy a number of years ago at the Christian Chamber meeting, and that's where she was. And I was so taken with her heart, her love for, for God, her love for this ministry. And it was very clear to me, even though I'd just met her, that uh, the sincerity of her life is readable, not only by me, but by those on the inside. And you've heard the story, which I think is a fantastic name, Inside Out Jail Ministries, because they are working to bring the good news of Jesus to those who are on the inside. And, and God's work is always on the inside of our hearts. And that opens it up for those that are the inside of prisons, inside of jails, those incarcerated, those who don't have the same freedom. They don't have the same hope that we have, that most of us have. And Tammy, that's who you deal with day in and day out. Uh, I know that when you're not on the inside of a jail, you're preparing for the next time you will be. Yes. So that's kind of like where you're wrapped around your whole life, your whole direction, the ministry that you're leading. It's all going that way. And all ministries need help. Yes. All ministry. I mean, you can't, we talked about your 
tin gallon smile that you have. You do have that. Uh, but you can't run a ministry on our smiles. It takes dollars. It takes investment. It, does. it takes partners. And that's what this event is all about on the 22nd of September. Yes. And give us the details again on that event. The details, we're going to actually have a intercession prayer before. So that is started at 545. So if there's any intercessors out there uh, that would like to come and pray for the event. And then our doors open at 6 o'clock. And we'll have our silent auction, which is an online and some really neat stuff to uh, auction. And we'll have some light appetizers. Uh, we're asking folks to be in their seats by 6.45 so we can get the the welcome started at 7 o'clock. We've got a neat little video to show uh, on the on the ministry so folks will have right away, they'll understand more about what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. And then we have a catered dinner. And after the dinner, uh, d- during the dinner, we actually have some live auctioning going on of some really neat uh neat items and we have a dessert extravaganza which some of our folks that bake really well not me not mine (laughs) (laughs) but those that really do a nice job yes they have to have that gift i don't um but they're gonna make some really nice cakes and pies and we're Mm -hmm. gonna auction those off and then once we start our program uh we're going to share with the panel discussion who I was talking about with the, a girl that mm-hmm. has gone through our program, a guy and uh, one of our family members. We started a family support group that helps the family members of those that's incarcerated and that has been going through this because they're going through it too. So that's obviously on the outside. That's that on the meeting. outside. Right. Yes. That's actually uh, Zoom. Uh, thank you mm-hmm. if we want to say to COVID because we never did Zoom. <laughs> That's right. There was a, there was one little silver lining that came out of all that. Yes, absolutely. So this is Zoom, and we've actually had parents that showed up from North Carolina on our Zoom meeting mm-hmm. in the family support groups. So um, just to give somebody perspective from that, I myself was in that position, and so this was a, a big a big deal for me to include this in Inside Out Gel Ministries in the family support group because when my husband and I went through it with our daughter, we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't have anybody to turn to. All our folks, our, all our friends never had anybody that was incarcerated before, so they didn't understand what we were going through. So I kind of vowed back then that one day, we'd have something that would help family members that end up in this situation. Now, one thing that I noted when I went to a prison, it was a uh, one of the prisons in Central Florida. I think it was Sumter County, I believe. Coleman? Uh, well, no, it wasn't Coleman, so it wasn't there. Lake, Lake County Correctional yes. Institute, that's yes. where it was. And I was there for that. I've been to Coleman as well, but uh, this one was uh, the one that I'm thinking of. And I remember kind of, we were standing in a line. It was during uh, the cafe uh, line for lunch and everyone was standing in the cafeteria. And I just, here I am. I mean, you talk about freewheeling. I'm, <laughs> I'm, fr- I'm freely walking and talking in the meeting with all of these prisoners and just striking up conversations best I could. I had no idea... Uh, what I was doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that might've been a benefit for me. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but I really had no experience doing that. But I remember it becoming very apparent to me that the people, at least that I talked to that day, none of them felt that they should be where they were. They felt it wronged. They, they didn't, they, they were victims themselves. And yet here they are. Do you see that still when you go into incarcerated areas of jails or prisons do you see that that they feel victims or that they don't feel that they don't feel they got a right uh a a kind of that treated correctly they feel they got a bum rap yes i have seen that definitely one of the gals i sat with one time she sat down she had put a request in to talk to me and she had tats from the top of her head to the bottom of her toes and she sat down I don't know why I'm here I didn't do anything 
and everything was crossed. And I said, you yeah, well, I'm just here because you wanted to see a chaplain. So I'm here to just talk. And I let her talk. And uh, during that process, uh, and at the very end, I asked her if she minded if I prayed with her. And she said, you want to pray for me? I'm like, yes. That started a long months of mm-hmm. processing with her to a point actually where she said, you know, maybe... Maybe I did have something to do with this mm. and broke some, some of those walls, some of the walls down. down yeah. And she, she actually, I led her to Christ and she accepted the Lord as her, as her Savior. She was, had a beautiful voice. So we were doing worship services. She would help do some of the singing Isn't and that stuff. Wonderful. Beautiful. She ended up going to prison. And uh, because she, she called me the, well, not called, uh, wrote and said, Can you come see me? It was the night before her trial. And so I'm like, okay, this is the prayer before the trial thing. And I went to see her and she said, you know what? I did do the crime. I need to do the time. And she went to court the next day and admitted to it. She got time. But during that time, she actually got her theology degree and I was able to go to her graduation. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now that's the best answer that I could have ever hoped for (laughs) because I saw that and my prayer would be all of the people that anyone who's going in in these ministries and they talk to somebody who says, I didn't do it. I'm here wrongly. I was wrongly accused that they like that young lady, if if they are indeed guilty. Mm -hmm. And I would think that the majority are, I would think, I, I, I know that our justice system has some issues right now, especially right now, but, but I have a feeling that most of them were there because they did something. Most they were guilty. And my prayer would be that they, like that young lady, would come to awareness. honesty yes. and awareness of what they did. Yes. And then there's hope. Yes. If you confess your faults before one another, we can pray for one another. And the Bible says be healed. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. And she has since been released from prison. And she went to a residential program when she got out, which is in Daytona Beach. And uh, she started uh, volunteering with, um, mm, oh, goodness. Anyways, with a ministry going in, T.D. Jakes Mm -hmm. uh, ministry going into prisons and telling her testimony. And she's still doing great today. That is a great story. Man, that's the kind of things that will keep you going Mm -hmm. in these things. Because I know you see some things... From time to time, you get news from time to time that's yes. not as encouraging as that. Correct. Um, but but uh, that's okay, because you're called by God to do this. He's the one that's going to go. And Tammy, I know you believe this. Wherever God guides, he provides. Yes, absolutely, he will. So tell us again the details about this upcoming event that's going to be on September 22nd. Yes. In just nine days, September 22nd, it is a Friday evening at University Caroline Church in Oviedo. It's right across from UCF Stadium, and it'll be right there in the worship center. Doors open at 6 o'clock, be in your seats by 645, and I know it's going to be a wonderful evening. Wonderful. Inside Out Jail Ministries, uh, Tammy is here and uh, is just always just so positive about her ministry. And, and that's what, again, I love about it. I'm thankful that the days of COVID are kind of in the rear view mirror right now and yes. praying they stay there yes. and you're moving on. And what what's coming up down the road for you past this event? Thanks for asking that. I've been excited about this part. We are looking now at outside because when we start our classes inside some of the the men and women get out before they're able to complete our classes so our next phase is to have classes on the outside so they can complete those classes to be able to get a certificate that would help them maybe in their their court cases or Mm -hmm. whatever to show that they're doing something to better themselves we're also looking at another one starting an outside class that's geared for those that's already outside Uh, just waiting for their court again to help them continue to figure out how they manage through life, how they put together everything, how they can forgive and how to rebuild trust. 
So these issues are ones that we're looking at building. That's very exciting. Very excited about doing this and also prompting more of the written curriculum inside. Are details about that on the site yet? Not yet. But they will be. They're still in development. That's that's on our our plate. That's great. Well, you can find the uh, details out about the 22nd uh, by going to isojm.org. Dot O-R-G, and that stands for Inside Out Jail Ministry, and uh, doing this work, how many years now? Uh, well, I've been in jail ministries 19 years now. Wow. And Lord brought it on my heart to go back to school, get ordained, do everything necessary to become a chaplain. And then in 2012, when I started really working, because we're a Christ-centered reentry program, to really focusing on that. And then in 2014, we became incorporated. Right. So people can help in two ways. They can volunteer. You mentioned that. You have volunteers that work with you. Yes. And they can uh, contact you. Inside and outside. Inside and outside. And then especially with these new things Mm -hmm. that are coming up down the the bend a bit, uh, they'll be able to help with that. But then those that can't, let's say, volunteer and yet want to be a part, they can donate. There, I love that old saying that says, if you can't go yourself, you can help somebody else who is yes, already on the way. Absolutely. And that's what they would be doing by either uh, donating just by giving. I, I, are you tax deductible? We are tax deductible. So yes. you're a 501c3 yes. then. Mm-hmm. And so people can donate. That way you can buy uh, a, a ticket for someone to go to the, uh, if, is there a ticket for, price for the banquet? There is. It's $60 for individual and $100 for couple. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that is great to know. And with all of that, uh, you can take part in the silent auction that's going to be going on that night as well. So all of these are opportunities to, to really get behind a wonderful ministry mm-hmm. that is reaching people on the inside and watching change happen from the inside out. Tammy Fisher, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me. It's always great to see you. Woohoo! Bring that smile on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. <laughs>